0: Proverbs 6.32 says, He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. Sometimes we just don't think about how destructive sin is, but Scripture warns us when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible commentary to help encourage your time in the Word. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we feature New Testament study, an Old Testament book on Thursday, and our Q&A on Friday. Now here's your teacher, Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. Well, as she mentioned, we do an Old Testament study on Thursday, and we've been in the book of Proverbs. We come back to chapter six, and in the middle of the chapter, we return to warnings against adultery. This is going to go all the way through chapter seven until we read about wisdom in chapter 8, let's start off here in Proverbs six twenty through 35. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life, to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. But if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts." Now, we talked about adultery a little bit yesterday as well, because we were in Romans chapter 13, and there Paul goes through some of the commandments. He says, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. Those four commandments. And he says, these are summarized. We fulfill these commandments in the command to love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. But one who does not love and does not consider his neighbor, covets what his neighbor has, thinking that what his neighbor has will make him happy, that it's somehow wrong for his neighbor to possess these things. They should belong to me. And so he covets what his neighbor has, and that will include even his neighbor's wife. All sin comes from an ungrateful heart. We are not thankful to God for what he has given to us, We are not satisfied in Christ, and so we turn to the passions of our flesh, and we think by satisfying our sinful appetites, we will be satisfied. They will always leave us wanting more, and eventually will even lead to our own destruction. But when we are filled in Christ, and our spirits are satisfied with all that he gives us, and by faith we trust in his sacrifice for us, and his promise of an eternal kingdom— then nothing on this earth will satisfy. And in our love for God, we will hate those things that uh, attempt to ensnare us. We will hate sin as God hates sin and love righteousness as he loves righteousness. When we do not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then we will covet the things in this world. And as we read in Colossians 3, 6, coveting is idolatry. Because you're not satisfied in God, you're looking to the things of the world, so you have exalted something in the world to the place of God. And you have said, if I get this thing, then I will be satisfied. That has become an idol to you. And when it's the sinful, uh, uh, sexual lusts of our flesh, we make that an idol and we'll go to our destruction Consider that here in the book of Proverbs, we've been talking about adultery through all of chapter five and had mentions of it even before that, but a father warning his son about adultery through chapter five, half of chapter six, and then all of chapter seven. So this is a a pretty important warning that a father gives to his son. Uh, But also notice here, especially as we're getting to this latter part of chapter six, that the, uh, the prostitute and the married woman are talked about in two different ways. So let's go back to Proverbs 5, where it says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. Now, it doesn't necessarily say here that this is a prostitute, It could be the adulteress or the prostitute, because as we come to in verse 20 of chapter five, it says, why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress, either one, the the prostitute or the adulteress, the married woman? could be considered to be a, a forbidden woman you could apply that title to either one of them but it's clear what we're talking about here in proverbs 6 is specifically the sin of adultery sexual immorality with someone that you are not married to while married to someone else so proverbs 6 20 starts this my son keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching and these opening verses here of this section really bridge what we just read last week in verses 1 through 19. So we had some practical warnings there, warning against falling into debt and collecting a debt. You had warnings against laziness. You had warning against sowing discord among brothers, and that's what we read in verse 19. A false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. This is an abomination that the Lord hates. And so in the context of that, it's not like we're jumping into a new section necessarily here. It's not like, okay, now let's go back and talk to adultery. But as the warning has been, one who sows discord is an abomination to God. The one who sleeps with a woman who is married to another man is therefore sowing discord among brothers and and is breaking up families, in fact. And that is, that's the context of now coming back into this warning against adultery. Keep your father's commandment, forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life, That's not the conclusion of the sentence there at the end of verse 23, but let's consider that for a moment. So when I was a kid, I was raised on my father's commandments and my mother's teachings. My parents raised me in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. When I left home and I went to college, I did my first semester Okay. (laughs) But then after that I started entertaining passions of the flesh and I started going after things that even when I was in high school I was not even thinking about. But bad company ruins good morals, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15:33. I started hanging out with the with the wrong kind of friends and I was dating the wrong kind of girls and I started getting into some stuff that when I was under the protection and care of my parents I was not getting into. But I'm thankful for this. I could have gone way deeper into sin than I did. I've could I could have done more things that had more lasting consequences than I had to deal with. What protected me even when I was not fearing the Lord and I was going after the passions of my flesh. Well, it says in Psalm 119:109, 109, "Even though I take my life into my hand continually, I will not forget your law. So though I was going my own way, my parents' instructions did stick with me. I wasn't always listening to them. They weren't always convicting my heart, but they did on most occasions. And I could have gone into deeper sin than I did, but because of what my parents taught me, I was convicted When when facing that sin. Now, sometimes I ignored the conviction. I went ahead with the sin anyway, but other times that conviction kept me from doing worse than I did. And so they were were around my neck. They were leading me. They were watching over me even when I was not watching over myself. I did have a fear of God. I mentioned a moment ago I wasn't fearing God. Yeah, not not as I should have been, but there were still times when something would be right in front of me and I would think to myself, I could really face judgment for this. The Lord I know has said that I should not do this. And I managed to abstain from it. It wasn't necessarily pure in my thinking, even in those moments. But I did not indulge in things that would have had more disastrous consequences if I had gone that way. So the teaching of my parents remained with me, whether I chose to acknowledge it or not, even in some of those moments. The commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are a way of life. I wish I had Cherish that more in those years, but I'm thankful that because of what my parents taught me, I didn't do worse than I did by the grace of God. Then notice here what the commandment does, how it benefits. Verse 24, to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Now, the commandment of dad and the teaching of mom also had its benefits and practical wisdom in the stuff that we read in Proverbs 6, 1 through 19. But the specific application that's coming in here is avoiding the adulterous woman, that woman who's married to somebody else. Or if you're married to somebody else and then going after another woman and bringing a destruction upon your family. Verse 25, do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. So consider that the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread. Like, what do you get for a prostitute? You're going to spend money that you should have been spending on food, other provisions for your family, things like that. But if you sleep with an adulteress, it destroys your life. It destroys her life. It destroys the life of her family. It destroys lives in your family. Community is affected here. So remember going back to Proverbs 6:19, one who sows discord among brothers is an abomination to the Lord. Adultery here. when you're married to somebody else, she's married to somebody else and then you have... A sexual relationship that is meant only between people who are married to each other. A man and his wife married to one another. That's what sex is for. You start bringing that into other marriages, not your own, and you start wrecking families and communities. Remember the words that we have in Hebrews 13, for, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And I believe it was yesterday I also read from 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 3. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So adultery wrongs Not just yourself, not just brings condemnation upon yourself, not just condemnation upon the person that you sleep with, but it even brings consequences upon that person's spouse when they are not guilty of this sin to deserve those consequences. The commandments preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. So this is not a woman who enters into this tango unwillingly. She is enticing you into it. Do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes for the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. She doesn't care anything for you. You might uh, you might be enticed by her come hither look, but she will destroy you and her own family and your family. Verse 27 can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned another way of saying this if you play with fire you're going to get burned or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched playing with fire so is he so is he who goes into his neighbor's wife none who touches her will go unpunished dude if she is married to someone else Or if you are married to someone else, then another woman is a forbidden woman. Another woman, not your wife, is forbidden. That doesn't necessarily have to say anything of her character. She is off limits to you. The one whom you are to enjoy in your marriage is your wife. Remember back to what the father said to his son back in Proverbs 5.15. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer and a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight Be intoxicated always in her love. And then verse 20 again, which I read to you earlier. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? She hunts down a precious life. She is playing with fire. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. But if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods to his house. When a thief steals, if he's hungry, if he's a poor man and he's hungry and he steals, that's still wrong. But there's still something of of a pity for the guy, right? Well, he shouldn't have stolen. That was wrong. But I understand the guy was hungry. He still has to pay back what it is that he took. But when you get to verse 31, it says, if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. Therefore, we know we're not just talking about a poor man here. We're talking about a man who had enough, but he went and stole anyway. So this is like the adulterer. He's married. He's got a wife who can satisfy those passions of the flesh that we have. And in some cases are very good that God has given us that that we can enjoy in a marriage between a husband and a wife. But if he goes after another man's wife and he is caught, he will pay all the goods of his house. His house will become a desolation in the house of the one whom he went after as well. Verse 32 He who commits adultery lacks sense, he who does it destroys himself. I have a note written in my, in my uh, journal Bible here that says, do not forget and then has the name of an elder that I used to serve with and the date that I had to go and confront that man at his office. And I wrote in my journaling Bible, do not follow your wayward friend who became as Judas and devoured the flock. May God grant him repentance. But you do not walk in his ways, his eyes full of adultery. I saw a man who had everything, was blessed with such a good family, and he went after the way of an adulteress, and he would not be convicted in his sin. His demeanor toward me completely changed. Nothing that I said to him after that was taken charitably. He believed that I was always out to destroy him, but the reality is that he destroyed himself. He was such a gifted teacher and he made a shipwreck of his ministry. He can never serve in that position as elder or a pastor again because he is no longer above reproach. As it says in 1 Timothy 3, 2, he lacked sense. He destroyed himself. And to this day, I pray for his children that the errors that he committed and what he threw away will not be reflected in their lives and they will not follow in his same path. He will get wounds and dishonor, it says in verse 33, and his disgrace will not be wiped away for jealousy makes a man furious and he will not spare when he takes revenge. We're talking now about the jealous husband of the wife who went after another man. He will accept no compensation. No gifts will be able to satisfy this guy's now thirst for blood. You had a thirst for flesh. He's got a thirst for blood, and he will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. Now, let's say you committed adultery and got away with it. Nobody found out. Well, there is still an avenger who is going to come against you for this sin that you have committed. As it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 6, that the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, you must confess your sins. As it says in James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I mentioned a moment ago an elder that I used to serve with who became an adulterer. I remember something that he used to teach, and I remember him saying this to somebody whom he was attempting to convict of their sexual immorality, he said that sin that is not confessed is sin that is not repented of. Now, he wasn't saying that you have to confess every single sin you've ever done, and if you haven't confessed that sin, well, then you're going to be condemned for it. What he was saying was if you have this attitude where you're trying to cover up your sins, maybe if nobody finds out about this, then I'll be in the clear. It'll be as if I've never done it. Well, then you've not truly repented of that sin. And you will be condemned if you do not confess your sins before God, especially something as serious as adultery. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If you have committed adultery, I encourage you to talk to an elder or a pastor, follow their counsel for you. Confess your sins to those whom you have wronged, and especially confess your sins before God. He is gracious and merciful. He will restore us. We must face the consequences for our sins, lest we face judgment on Judgment Day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I ask for your forgiveness, that we would desire to walk in the path of righteousness, not after the passions of our flesh, but after the things that delight God." May we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. May we not wrong one another in sexual immorality, but may we hold each other accountable. As we read yesterday in Romans 13, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Convict our hearts, lead us in paths of righteousness. For your name's sake, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been When We Understand the Text of Pastor Gabriel Hughes. For all of our podcasts, episodes, videos, books, and more, visit our website at www.utt.com. If you'd like to submit a question to this broadcast or just send us a comment, email when we understand the Text at gmail.com and let your friends know about our ministry. Join us again tomorrow as we grow together in the study of God's word, when we understand the text.